You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Monday morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 12th, episode 3202, brought to you today by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, Horse World. You have found Horses in the Morning on a Monday. You're in for an amazing horsey week of laughter, learning, and fun with Glenn and Jamie. Well, normally after the, one of the Triple Crown races, we play the race to open the show. Why didn't we do that today? Because Fox sucks. <laughs> oh, my God. The sound was so bad at the end. All you could hear was the crowd. And you couldn't hear the announcer at all. We tried. We, we just played it to ourselves. And we're like, I can't hear the announcer. They had it mixed wrong. It was terrible. Yeah, was it like that on TV? Because I didn't get to watch it. I didn't either. So if somebody watched it, let us know if that sound was that bad. But this was the official Fox YouTube channel. So it was the official uh, Fox. Why didn't NBC have this? They always have it. I don't know. That was weird. But anyway, let's talk about what happened. Yes, it's so exciting. Genta Antonucci became the first female, the first woman ever to be the trainer of a Belmont Stakes winner. I'm so excited. The first to win a Triple Crown race, the 11th woman to have a Belmont runner in 155 years. So, so exciting. This horse was awesome. You know, I was watching the pre-race coverage. I had to leave before the race went on, but I was watching it and Richard Migliori, who had come on our show for years until he got this bigger job. Yeah, um, until he got a real job. <laughs> forgot us. Uh, he was, he actually had her on hours before and you could, the excitement was palpable. She was like, but she was so down to earth and so chill and so cool. I was like, man, I hope she wins. I hope she wins. And she's talking about the horse, but you know what else she talked about? How, Aftercare is so important and they have to be good stewards to all of the horses when they're done racing. And, and she talked about like thoroughbred aftercare during her interview for like five minutes. It was awesome. So I was like, man, she's awesome. I think she so lives in Ocala here too, doesn't she? That, we have to that, get her on the show. I just, I was she so She might be a impressed. little busy with the morning shows right now on TV. Well, she's busy right now, but <laughs> she'll be okay in a couple of days. And so we need to get her on because, yeah, uh, the horse was stunning. She did a fantastic job with him. You know, the the race was so exciting. I got to watch it after. It's just awesome. And I'm just so excited for her. Now, uh, the, she did do an interview on a Horse Radio Network podcast, and it's on the EQB2B show. And I'll put a link in the show notes. It's back in 2021. They they highlight female entrepreneurs. And I remember recording that interview because I was on with them when, when they recorded it. So if you want to uh, take a listen to that from a couple of years ago about the business side of what she does, uh, you, can, you can click on the link in the show notes just right there on your podcast player. So uh, we'll get her. We'll get her on though when she's done doing all of the uh, serious TV news shows. <laughs> we'll get her back on. So th- congratulations to her. That was very exciting. I was wondering. We were busy on Saturday, but I kept seeing these posts uh, uh, for female power, and I thought a mayor had one. Oh, <laughs> that's what I was thinking because nobody was being explicit about 
the, you know, the whole female power thing. There were just all these posts on Facebook, and, and I finally checked it out later and saw what happened. Well, I, I didn't get to go but and to, and to watch it, and it's uh, the, the stupid updates. You know, I had a recording, but then you get notifications blasted to yes. your phone. <laughs> yes, yes. And I was like, oh, that's the horse I was wanting to win, but I didn't want to see it ahead of time, you know? I noticed Gosh. one of our auditors won a lot of money on this race, so good for you. <laughs> good well, if you. I was home, I would have won money too because I was like, <laughs> I'll bet on that one. Like that was cool, but I was too uh, busy going to a movie with my son. <laughs> <laughs> so after on today's show, after years of waiting and a lot of you bugging us about having an animal communicator on the show, uh, and specifically to talk to Scooter and to Zeus. We we got one that finally agreed, and you know this wasn't because of this wasn't because we didn't ask. We've asked a lot of animal communicators over the years, and then they listen to our show and say, oh, "I'm not coming on with those two. So I don't know if we scare them away or what the story was. But Leslie's brave. She's from I Speak to Animals. I met her at Equine Affair, and she said, "I'll come on your show and have some fun talking. You know, communicating with your animals." So she's going to do a reading of Scooter today on the air, and we're also going to be talking about something else, aren't we? We are going to learn a little bit about the Shafalski's horse and a new baby. And, and we're going to have a guest on from London near Southampton. The Marwell Zoo is coming on. And we're going to talk a little bit about Shafalski's horses and their breeding program and a new baby. <laughs> oh, my God. You think a regular baby horse is cute. This thing is amazing. <laughs> All right. Let's do some Daily Winnies. We have one auditor birthday today. Mary Calkins, happy birthday to you. We hope you have a wonderful day and you get to pet your pony's nose today. And we also have a brand new auditor who, who gave us a week with a brand new auditor. We weren't dry last week, and that's Audrey Metcalf has decided to help support uh, the what we do here. And we really appreciate you, Audrey, and welcome to the family. If you want to become part of the auditor room on Facebook, search for HRN Auditors, and you can ask to join, and we'll let you in. That baby Winnie uh, is perfectly appropriate because congratulations to one of my favorite horses of all time, Zinyata. She had a baby. It's baby day. She had a baby, a warfront filly, born on June 9th, and Mara and baby are healthy and doing well. And they made the announcement that after weaning the foals, Zinyata is retired from breeding. How old she will. Is she. She's nineteen. Is she really? Yeah, and and wow. they like to. Give her a year off, and the owner likes to give her a year off in between foals. So then, if they bred her again, she'd be 21. If even next year, she'd be 21. And the risk factors get too high, and they say it's not worth taking the chance. The mare is too important. Um, she has had a very troubled breeding life. So I'm excited. She had a baby and had a filly. They always want a filly too. And so they had a filly and they're like, we're done. Okay, cool. So she's going to live out her days at um, the farm she's at, which is a, uh, what's it called? Lane's End in Lexington. And Oh, so she's so, going to have a grass up to her knees for her retirement. Yeah. That's pretty good. And she's a big fan. Like I, She looks uh, like she's been loving the grass and she gets lots of treats <laughs> and everything. So she's going to stay there retiring as uh, a broodmare. Visitors. And, uh, She'll be getting visitors till the day she dies. 
Can I just tell you that this filly looks exactly like her? I mean, exactly. The blaze, you know, it's like a triangle and kind of runs down her nose. This full blaze is almost hair for hair exactly like it. So I'm pretty excited about this one. She's had, she's lost a filly before, like tragically. She's just had lost babies and all these things. So please, 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 whoever's listening up there. Take care of this baby. <laughs> is it an alien or are they going to do a contest? I, they don't do contests. They names them. So, yeah, and they'll have something to do with Z. So only two of her babies, you know, Cosmic One and Zyconic made it to the races. And then they were castrated. And I think both of them, I don't know if Zyconic did, but Cosmic One went into the Retired Racehorse right. Project Competition. Yeah. So oh, that's right. Yeah. We interviewed the girl and that got him, hunters. actually. Remember years ago? Yes. It was a young girl. Uh, um, yes. Yes, I know. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> jealous. Jamie was a little jealous of that when it happened. <laughs> she was like a hunter jumper. I'm like, <laughs> if you have like lots of money and live in Lexington, yep, I'm like, that's fine. Right. <laughs> so uh, we did something yesterday. I'm a little nervous actually about uh, our first guest coming up here in a couple of minutes. Who's going to our animal communicator friend? Who's going to do a reading of Scooter? She doesn't know this, but we just moved Scooter and Nigel to a new boarding stable yesterday. We had. Remember, we, we, we had the boarding stable we loved here, and they went out of business, right? They stopped doing right. boarding. So we ended up moving them across the street, pretty much, to another boarding stable, which has been absolutely lovely. They've been great, but they have no trails. It's just the farm. So there was no trail riding. So Jennifer's been looking around for one that we can get access to the trails that's still within a reasonable driving distance and all of that. We actually found one that's closer and $600 a month cheaper. That's Um, always nice. Yeah. So so we moved them yesterday, got everything settled in, moved the horses. So it's going to be interesting to see what Scooter says today about the new place, if he says anything. Uh, and you know, Jennifer went over there this morning and they've settled in. They think they're on vacation, I think. Um, but, uh, we're going to, so this place I'll have access to the trails and we'll be able to actually ride through the trails to the Kentucky or to the, to the Florida horse park. Uh, so, so it's cool. I mean, what a gift in Florida to have, Oh, like my boarding stable closed. I'm going to move across the street. I know. And like, then that's not a thing. This one's like, literally down the same street, only closer to us. So that is crazy. That is crazy. I mean, it's a little so more rustic. Options. It's a little more rustic than the other one. Kind of reminded me of the first farm we had, uh, but it's, you know, it's perfectly safe. They've redone the barn and, and all of that. So we're looking forward to It's a Western uh, barn. Actually, they do uh, the ranch riding and stuff like that. So maybe scooter, will pick up something new he can do ranch driving is there such a thing as ranch <laughs> driving <laughs> i'm seeing cutting gals and you know i have a big announcement here this came out yesterday from the world equestrian center we've been talking about this for a couple of years now since it opened and how fantastic facility and all the different things they have there well they've just announced that they're not done spending money like millions of dollars of money you want to hear some of the new things that are going to be added in the next two years that came out yesterday they're adding, and this is this is about half built. I would say we didn't know what exactly it was going to be. We knew it was going to be a hotel, but they're calling it the Riding Academy Hotel. It's four hundred additional rooms and suites for visitors, guests, and exhibitors looking to stay on site. And apparently, these are nice rooms. It won't be quite as expensive as the five star hotel behind the big arena, but uh, a little more affordable. But it's offering four hundred additional rooms right on property. There, you, and we talked about the fact that the University of Florida has a full veterinary clinic there now for small animal and large animal right on the property. They built that and opened that about a year ago. Well, now, apparently, the University of Florida Health Department is opening a people 
doctoring facility there. It's going to be a 10,000 square foot facility for, for, for healthcare for people right on the property, which is good because a lot of these riders, they'll stay there for, you know, six months or, you know, three months uh, on property or near there, and it'll give them care that they can go to right, right there. Um, they're also up. They, they have about 24 stores there now, tax shops and different things. Well, they're opening a new 80,000-square-foot outdoor shopping mall that will be right beside the new hotel, and that will double the existing retail with 31 new stores. Oh, my God. What? I know. So they'll have 60 stores there by the time they're done, featuring luxury brands and more tech and all of that kind of stuff. That construction is set to begin next year. They're opening... The one thing they were missing, they have... They have convention centers, which are big open buildings where they can do things like volleyball tournaments or car shows or things like that. What they didn't have was an event center for a traditional meeting space for like big conferences. They didn't have that. Well, apparently they're going to fix that by opening a new, they're building a brand new building that's going to be called the Event Center at WEC. It's 180,000 square feet of traditional meeting space. Four additional dining rooms or dining facilities, two rooftop restaurants and bars, and it will be equipped with a grand ballroom for 500 guests, meeting rooms of various sizes, a dedicated bridal suites, banquet space, covered balconies, and an extensive or an expansive outdoor event lawn and pavilion. Well, you know they're going for weddings there. Um, and it, that construction apparently is currently underway, and I haven't seen that. I have to get back over there. I, I don't know where they're building that one, but that's going to change things. Talk about a Convention facility, and I saw the renderings of it. It's absolutely stunning, just like the hotel. Plus, because they don't have enough outdoor and indoor arenas, they're building a sixth climate-controlled indoor arena that's going to be served primarily for dressage exhibitors and dressage shows, and it'll be accompanied by seven additional outdoor rings for schooling and exhibition. So think about this: they have six full-size climate-controlled, heated, air-conditioned indoor arenas. I, I, I just want to cover over mine. <laughs> just cover over the round pin. I'm not asking that much. This is crazy. It's just I, I thought he was done building, but apparently not. I mean, this is already the premier facility in the world for horse events. I mean, there's no question about that. Now, with adding all this, it's just going to become so much more. They're going to have all kinds of conventions and things there. The only disadvantage they have, and, and I'm sure he's working on fixing this, is the closest airport is an hour and an hour and a half away. And for oh, he's having to be building an airport. Well, there is one right across the street, but it's not it doesn't have commercial flights. It's a private airport. And the shake flies in and everything because they have the big horse sales here in Ocala. So it's a big enough. It's an international airport. The runway is big enough. So they could do commercial flights there. And I bet you he's working on that. And because when you're having big conventions for businesses, they, they got to get their people from the airport to the convention. So when it's an hour and a half away, that's a problem. Um, but I bet oh my God, he's, he's going to be out that. there like pouring concrete to make the runways bigger. <laughs> WorldEquestrianCenter.com. There's an article there with all the renderings for all of these new things they're building. You're going to want to go check it out. All right. I'm nervous, but we're going to do it anyway. We have Leslie coming on. She's from I Speak to Animals, and she's an animal communicator, and she's going to do a reading of my Hackney Pony scooter. Well, hi, Leslie. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. 
As I talked to you about when we met at Equine Affair, uh, listeners have been asking for an animal communicator to come on this show since I got Scooter. And thank you for agreeing to do this and join Jamie and I. Everybody else was scared off, so I don't know what that says about you, but uh, we're happy you're here. (laughs) I'm either very brave or kind of dumb. Yeah, it's going to be one of the two by the time we're done. I think you're brave. So tell us how long you've been an animal communicator. Um, Professionally for 11 years. Oh, wow. So you've been doing a long time. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. How get... does one yeah, yeah. how yeah. does one get into the animal communicator business? <laughs> That's a good question. So when I was a little kid, about four or five, you know, we had a dog and I used to talk to him and know what he was thinking and feeling and saying. And I'm the youngest of seven kids, so I would tell my older brothers and sisters and you know, parents. And at first they thought it was kind of cute. And then after a while, it kind of got a little annoying. (laughs) And um, they told me it was just my imagination. And, um, and then my mother told me that I really needed to stop saying that I could talk to the dog. Otherwise people would think I was crazy. So I actually shut it off for about 45 years. And on my 50th birthday, we went to um, Yellowstone National Park for a vacation, and we were, you know, there for 10 days with no phones, no TV, you know, we were hiking and meditating, and then I went to this grizzly bear rescue sanctuary in Montana, in, in Bozeman, and the weirdest thing happened, I, I could just hear what the bears were saying, and they were showing me pictures in my head, and it just completely freaked me out. Um, it, it just all came flooding back open. And um, the director there, she validated everything that they were telling me. And she said, I don't know how you know this, but yes, that's true. And so I just kind of started practicing where I would, I didn't have to be face to face with the animal. Um, I just use a photo. And also I realized I could talk to them after they crossed over or if they were alive so it just sort of started evolving, and I already had a side business of um, doing Reiki for people and animals, which is like an energy um, clearing process. And so I started adding the animal communication to that, and then after a while, the animal communication became so popular that um, I just sort of dropped the Reiki part off and and just kept doing this. So. It's um, it's been quite a wild ride. Well, and it all started with a bear, grizzly bear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not the origin story of most uh, superheroes. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's awesome. So I love that you kind of just decided. Well, I mean, yeah, your mom like it was like, oh, we're gonna have that crazy daughter who's like she talking didn't want animals. her getting attention in schools. Exactly. <laughs> Um, Miss Krabobble, your cat doesn't like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that'd be awesome. <laughs> so that's cool. So, uh, you know, I, I have had an experience, uh, like a little bit. Who is the, um, John, what's his name, who, who speaks to people crossed over? Do you know who I'm talking about? John Edwards, yeah. Yes. So I, I we had to interview him on a, a radio show that I was on, and he was on the, on the line, and he, I was explicitly told not to talk to him. He's not here for me. We were having listeners come on and do readings. 
And my dog had just passed away and her name was Morgan. And I, I, I didn't know if he talked to animals or whatever, but he's doing the reading. And, and every time a listener comes on the phone and remember I was Jamie, you will not talk to him. Like, this is not your thing. <laughs> I was told cause you don't get to talk to him. And he, and I was like, like, or I would be fired. Right. And so John Edwards is on and every listener that came on, he would say, does anybody have a dog with the name of, it started with an M started with an M <laughs> and, 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 and they would go, no, no, it's not me. And I'm like, Oh my God. And so <laughs> it kept happening. Like three listeners in a row. Do you, do you somebody have a dog named M and under, um, penalty of like losing my job. I was not allowed to say anything. So let me just tell you that I've been waiting for about 20 years <laughs> in case my dog Morgan comes back through. She had very important things to say to me. So just in case that pops in, let me know. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, it's we'll, all let yours, you, we'll let Jamie talk. It's her show. So we let no, her talk I, on this one. <laughs> I'm not going to get fired if I talk to you. So uh, go ahead. <laughs> do your thing. Just know that if something comes through with an M, I might like officially start crying. Whew. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've never told that story before ever. So thanks. There we go. That's a great story. All right, Leslie. So you're here uh, today to, to, to uh, communicate with Scooter, my, for new listeners, uh, Scooter's my rescue pony who basically has been with us since the day we got him on the, on this show and has been with us all along. And the listeners have all heard the stories of Scooter, but however, you have not. So um, I sent you some pictures. I told you his birthday and his name, and that's pretty much it at this point. You know right. his birthday? Yeah, yeah, we have his papers. So oh, okay. well, you, you told me that he's thirteen. Yep, that's and correct. that yep. you've had him for ten years. Yep. Yep, that's mm-hmm. correct. All of that's true. Uh, but but that's all I've said. So so that's what right. does Scooter have to say? And I gotta. Preempt this with I'm um, I'm really nervous about what's going on. Oh no! <laughs> Everybody says that, but it always goes really well. Okay, all right. Oh, he says you're horrible. Okay, oh, that's no. that's what I would expect from <laughs> oh, Scooter. No, actually, no. where do we send the check? <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. No, actually. Um. So what I like to do is just sort of ask him to tell me about himself uh, for a minute. And he gives me a sense of his personality. So he says that he's actually um, very smart. Um, He said he can tend to be a little bit too smart for his own good sometimes. Um, He says he has a little bit of a stubborn streak. <laughs> Which Keep I going, like you're that. nailing it. He's nailing it so far. <laughs> <laughs> and he says that he is um has a very funny sense of humor, especially when it tends to be a little bit on the mischievous side. Um so he also uh mentions that he's super observant as well as being smart, meaning like uh, if you're dressed one way, he knows that means one thing. If you're dressed another way, he knows that means, you know, something else. So he's always paying attention to those kind of things. That is everything you said is nail scooter. And you know what's funny? Now you're going to have to start wearing like Hawaiian shirts <laughs> and like just throwing them off. It's so funny. He knows which truck we drive in with into the because we have a small truck and a big truck. The big truck hauls the trailer. He gets excited when the big truck comes in because he loves going in the trailer. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Now, do you want like how like when this is going on? Do you want validation of what what you're saying, or do you just want us to be quiet and like let you go? How, which way is better for you? Um, you know, validation is always helpful. Um, that's good because so, I can't not. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Wait, so far, so good. <laughs> yeah, the reason I say validation is helpful is because. Um, I'm pretty good about keeping out other animals when I'm reading for one. However, sometimes um, I always tell people, if that doesn't sound like Scooter, you know, just stop me. Because sometimes other animals, even from the past, um, will jump in. Those ones with like big personalities that are that say, you know, I don't care about your rule, Leslie. I'm coming in. I have something to say. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So Morgan, you know. May come barging in. We don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, did you have any specific questions for Scooter? Well, um, my, my specific question would be about how he is food. I'm just going to throw food out there. Let's see what Scooter has to say about food. Hmm. Yep. He says that. Um, he tends to be uh, a little bit on the picky side, um, and he wants. Um, he he says there's like a sweeter grain or hay or something that he likes better, but you don't give it to him all the time. Is that true? That is true because yes, that is true. Um, but he wants it all the time, so yes, he's like, "Why can't?" <laughs> It's like, why can't you stock up on that? Because <laughs> um, he said that usually it's um, like in the spring, beginning of summer, that he gets it, and um, and he. But he's like, why not all the time? <laughs> yep, that's true. <laughs> um, so, can you tell him things? Yeah, absolutely. Tell him that he doesn't get the good stuff all the time because he'll die. Tell him that. Oh, he's, he's a laminitis. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah, a fatty, he's, fat we, thing. We love you, but you can't eat that all the time <laughs> no. because it's bad for your health. Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. Let me tell him. <laughs> he's, he says, well, <sighs> he finds that kind of annoying. Yeah, well, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, he says that uh, he also, when he's talking about food, he, he said that he would like it if you could... Um, you know, bring him treats that are cut up a little bit smaller. He doesn't like big pieces. That is so funny because when I bring him carrots that I don't bother to cut up and he gets the big pieces, he hates it. Mm-hmm. He hates big pieces of carrot or apple or things like oh, that. That's crazy. Do you know what? You're not supposed to be giving him carrots anyway, Glenn. Oh, gets carrots all the time. <laughs> Look at how happy he is. <laughs> just cut him up for God's sake. Poor guy having to like chew him. God. <laughs> he's not as spoiled as I thought. What's he think about where carriage drivers? He's, he's a carriage driving pony because he's too small to do anything else. So what's he think about the carriage? He says that um, it's, it's kind of funny when he puts it on, it's almost like he's putting on his, um, sports gear you know he's like suiting up you know kind of thing so he because he said i'm an athlete and that's my gear is what he said (laughs) does he like it 
Um, he he does, um, but he also um, he says that he gets um, bored too quickly. Boy, is that true. <laughs> Ask him what so, he does when he's bored. <laughs> um, he says that I get in trouble. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> that's true, too. Um, he says that's when um, that whole um, I'm too smart for my own good thing comes into play. Um, he also says that he is um, pretty clever. And if he really, really wanted to like untie ropes or open fences, he probably could. Yeah, that's true. So. <laughs> yeah, ask him if he if he actually likes carriage driving. Um, you know, it's so funny because he he says the first thing he says is yes, but he just gets bored so quickly. So it's like kind of the excitement of getting all suited up, and then it's like, oh, are we actually riding around and stuff? <laughs> Does he like the ring better or the woods better? Mm, let's see. Okay, so he says he likes um, both for different reasons. He likes the ring better because he's such a ham that he likes um, attention, all the attention he gets. Um, but he prefers um, the woods because usually it's um, more interesting. And um, shorter, <laughs> a shorter day, he says. <laughs> he, does, he does love the woods better. That's no question about it. He's a, kind of an adventure pony. He, he loves yeah. it. He gets bored real quick in the, in the ring, unless we're but doing cones. Funny. And then he loves and cones. You and know. he likes people watching him. Yep. Well, yes. he likes the attention that he gets, but not, um, he likes the attention he gets before he goes in. He doesn't like it so much like while he's in there um, because he said there's there's rules and he's not a fan of no, rules. That's true. <laughs> so that's another reason but why neither he likes, am I. So <laughs> there you go. That's another reason why he likes the woods better because there's less rules. Now he and he might not remember this, but if he does, um, I would love to know how he felt about the animal he met a couple months ago in the woods. Mm. Let's see. I feel like you're interviewing your opponent. I know. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, he said um, that he thought it was magical. Well, I guess. So, yeah, is that. Oh, does it say anything else about it? He says that um, it startled him at first, but then he thought um, was it a deer or something? Nope. It was a black panther. No way. About five feet from his nose. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's showing magical. me. Yeah, because he's showing me. Um, the reason I was wondering if it was deer, because he was showing me like this very kind of stately animal, but it wasn't very specific. He was just saying it was magical. Well, it was magical. And he did not. 
he did not bolt like I thought he might have. Um, he just stood there, you know, full erect, full full posture, going, you know, ears up, chest out, ready to take it on. And uh, fortunately, the cat decided to boogie um, because we were literally about five feet from it. When we turned a corner, it was right there. Wow. But he, he actually thought it was... Um Kind of cool later because he thought it was really beautiful and majestic. Oh, and he um, would have taken it on. He would. He would have gone after <laughs> it. If it had turned towards us, I think we would have had a problem. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he Holy wasn't cow, backing that's down. A, that's kind of crazy. I know. But yeah, he just showed me like this very stately sort of animal, um, but he wasn't showing me anything specific. He was just showing me more of the posturing and stuff, and yeah. he's like, "It was magical." It was magical. So he's right about that. Uh, no question. Well, th- that's interesting. Well, did, before we run out of time, does Scooter have anything else to say? Um, he's wondering, um, he says that he was wondering when the next um, adventure is. Um, are you going somewhere? He said we're supposed to be going on vacation or something. Well, actually, he just moved boarding stables yesterday. Oh, Okay. So he's kind of on it now. All right, I'll tell him but that. But he I'll... probably thinks, because we do take him camping for weekends at a time. So he probably, because it's only been one night, he probably thinks he's camping. Right. He doesn't know he's moved stables, right? So, okay, he, so... He, he probably thinks he's camping. So, you know, <clears throat> you bring up an excellent point. This is a really good thing for you to <clears throat> call me about. So that I could tell him things like, hey, you know, big things like that. Um, You know, we're moving to a new stable. You know, let us know how you like it. Um, Don't want you to be worried. Don't want you to think we're going on vacation when we're not. Um, (laughs) You know, those kind of things. Uh, I do help my clients a lot with not just asking them questions, but, you know, um, giving their um, animals information. You know, we're going on vacation. You're not going. You'll be with grandma for a week. It's okay. We'll be back. Don't get you know, an ulcer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> well, this has been fascinating. And everything you said was was spot on with Scooter. Everything you said. And I know longtime listeners have heard me talk about him enough that they're going to know it was spot on. Oh, um, that's awesome. So how can people get a hold of you and hire you? Yeah, so it's super easy. They can go to my website at ispeaktoanimals.com and they can book their own appointment right there. And again, I do not have to be face-to-face with the animals. I have clients all over the world, so they just send me a photo and then I call them and we do just like we're doing now where you sent me the photo of Scooter and I'm interacting with him. Well, you now, know, do what I'm do most ha- people, sorry, Glenn, what do most people do? Are, are most people contacting you to talk to an alive horse, a deceased animal, or are they calling you because they have a quite, my horse is lame and, and I don't know what it is. And if you could tell me what it is and, or anything like that. Yeah. So most people call me about their animals that live with them now and they call me about behavioral issues or, um, you know, things that they want them to know. Um, like, you know, you're going to have surgery and you're going to be, you know, stall confined for six weeks. It's not a punishment. Um, also, I can feel what they're feeling. So if they have aches or pains, they're not feeling well, I actually feel it on my own body. So a lot of times they'll call and say, um, you know, hey, something's off or the vet can't find something or, you know, um, I they w- they've been diagnosed with something. I want to know if they're in pain. 
um, or is the pain medication working okay? Those kind of things. And then also a big thing is transition decisions. You know, is it time to send them over the rainbow bridge? Um, you know, because that's a, a horrible burden for us to make that decision. But if you let the animal make the decision, so I can ask them, are you ready? How do you want to go? When do you want to go? You know, those kind of things. Ooh, that's a tough one. Well, mm-hmm. I speak to animals.com. Leslie, thank you for being such a good sport and coming on today. And I am so glad that Scooter didn't call me a jerk. I am really glad about that. <laughs> you rescued him. And if he was a jerk, if he called you a jerk, I'd be like, listen, why don't you tell that little jerk this is what's actually going on? Like, I would have words. So I'm glad um, that he was polite. Yes, me too. Yeah. He is. He's actually very funny. Thank you, Leslie. He is too. There's no question about that. He's personality galore. We appreciate you joining us and hope to have you back soon sometime. Great. I would love that. Thank you so much. Cosequin ASU joint and hoof pellets contain quality ingredients to support joint and hoof health and leave out the fillers, molasses, and alfalfa, all while delivering the taste horses love. The colors of their ingredients shine through for a difference you can see. Visit CosequinEquine.com. Well, coming up next, we're heading over to England, and we have Ree joining us. She's with the Marwell Zoo, and we're going to talk about a very special horse. This is so exciting. I've got great news, and I'm so excited to talk to Rhiannon Wolf. She is going to talk to us. She's from a zoo, the Marwell Zoo, southwest of London, and they have a new Shavalski's horse. So hello, Rhiannon or Ree. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. This is such great news. I just love the fact that you guys have a breeding program for the like super rare Shavalski's horse. They're just amazing creatures. Tell us a little bit about your program. Yeah, so we we have a breeding herd. We've got um, an adult stallion um, and we've got four or five adult females. And um, yeah, we just had a foal a few months ago. Uh, he's called Taki or Taki, uh, which means spirit in Mongolian, which is kind of the area they're from in the wild. Um, and we have another, a young male, he's about one now, called Basil. Um, and yeah, they live out in a, we have a big valley field they live out in. Uh, we don't really do a lot with them. They kind of sustain themselves. And yeah, we're really excited because they are very endangered and they are hopefully going to be reintroduced into these breeding programs in the wild sometime soon. How many, this you may not know, but how many are there in the world right now? Um, I think around today there's just under 2,000, but that's including um, like ones in these breeding programs. Um, They did technically go extinct in the wild um, in the 1960s. So we are working really hard um, to kind of change that. I think actually there's probably about 400 in the wild and the rest are in these breeding programs. For those who don't know about the Shavalski's horse, can you give a little um, little his history lesson here? Yeah. Um, so they are, um, they were found by a Russian geographer. Um, they are kind of clusters feral horses, but um, we kind of think that they're the last, true wild horse species um they are not exactly the same as domestic horses um and yeah they're stockier smaller they uh live in kind of 
the middle of nowhere. Um, they've been found in Mongolia, uh, near Siberia. Um, and they're just very feisty, um, very hardy, and they kind of need, they deserve a bit of a, a push in the right direction to get them back to where they're supposed to be. They're so interesting. You know, I wonder, I've, I've always loved looking at them because they have like almost a, uh, they're, they're so unrefined. They're, they're big and thick and tough. And I've seen pictures of them. My God, they lived in Siberia. Like they're the toughest looking horses around. And, uh, you know, the, almost like the Norwegian Fjord is like a refined version. So if you don't know what we're talking about, definitely Google uh, image it, but it, they're the really, really like ancient looking breed, I would think. Yeah. So they, people um, think that when cave paintings have been found of, of ancient horses, that they are very similar to the Shavolsky, um, which yeah, you gave a good example. They kind of do look like, Norwegian fjords but yeah they are kind of a bit thicker and a bit kind of more rugged but um, less evolved yeah yeah they and they they still have uh like the stripes on their legs um occasionally which yeah makes them look a bit more like an ancient species rather than yeah like domestic horses we see today so you guys are trying to keep this herd uh kind of wild so how does that work when you have a, a baby um, Is it so just like good luck? <laughs> we we try and be as hands off as we can because um, yeah we don't want to kind of get them too used to people. Obviously, we do kind of feed them and and kind of get involved if we have to for medical reasons. But generally, the mums are really good. They know what they're doing. Um, they just crack on. They're a really good family group. They all kind of work together. They all look after the foals. Um, between the females, the male is very, very protective. Um, he can be quite aggressive, which obviously we kind of need him to be because that's what he's good at, but it's also quite scary. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, they, we, they do, they, even the females that had never had a foal before, uh, just pick up perfectly. They know exactly what to do. Um, and we just monitor the situation and, get involved if we if we have to but we haven't had to so far so yeah it's been it's been nice to just watch them be as wild as they can be so at some point are you you guys are planning to hopefully release some of these into the wild so we i mean the hope is for that to happen so we'd have to kind of liaise with other zoos and other breeding programs but um all the zoos and other centers that are part of these programs at the minute are kind of working together to build this genetic kind of group that with the idea to be releasing back to the wild to where, increase where the is, population. Where is the wild? Is that taking them back to Mongolia? Uh, so, yeah, there's some places in Mongolia, um, China, I think Kazakhstan. There's some places there that want to um, kind of do some re-release sites. I mean, they have released some back into the, yeah, the wilds of yeah Kazakhstan and Mongolia. But the aim is to send more over once the we're kind of happy that all the herds out there are established and doing okay. Because uh, generally, the issues with them in the wild is humans. So we need to make sure that we're kind of putting them somewhere that's safe for them to thrive, rather than 
to decrease again. Yeah, the, the, you, some people eat horses over there, so you got to probably pick your places pretty careful. Yeah, yeah, no, they were hunted and would still be hunted. Um, thankfully, a lot of the predators that they were kind of susceptible to aren't really in the areas anymore. But yeah, human beings are still a threat. Um, who the ones who don't see them as a kind of a precious species that need help. So how many foals do you guys have uh, traditionally in a year or is it just a super rare? Um, so generally we've had one or two. Um, we've just got our females, a few of the females now who are kind of hitting sexual maturity. So um, hopefully we could have potentially two or three in a year, but it kind of just depends on when they come into season and when the male kind of gets to them. Um, we we hopefully think we've got a female who's quite pregnant at the moment, so we could have another one this year, which would make two, um, which would be lovely. But it's kind of all up to him. We just let him do do his business and then see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so not a whole lot of uh, ultrasounding and getting them prepared and ready. How do you guys do like vaccinations and stuff? Do you just dart them or do you just leave them be? Um, so we do do some medical things with them. So yeah, we normally, if they do need any uh, like treatments, we try and dart them just because they they are not tame in the slightest. And they, uh, I mean, they tolerate us. There's a few of the females again that will come over for a scratch, but that's about it. Um, any anything you try and do after that, they don't appreciate. So we dart them. Um, we have done hoof work before with farriers, but we have to. Uh, sedate them for that because they're yeah they would definitely not let someone pick up their feet if they tried um but generally they're really hardy and if they ever get any like nicks or grazes um it heals so quickly that we don't really need to intervene anyway wow that's amazing that's amazing could you put some of that dna into our horses please (laughs) (laughs) they are very special this is awesome. So tell us, it's at the Marwell Zoo, and you guys are in the southwest of London. Is there a website people can go and look at pictures of these horses or anything like that? Yeah, so um, they can visit the Marwell, Marwell Wildlife website. Um, we also have a Facebook page, Marwell Wildlife, and Instagram is also Marwell Wildlife. I think they did post um, videos of when little Taki was a few days old we got some nice video of him with his mum so there's definitely footage of him um but yeah we update when we have foals or just we have a lot of photographers who come in so we've put some of their pictures up so yeah if anyone wants to see what we're doing with our horses they are that's what i do i'm gonna go look up them maybe <laughs> picture right now well thank you so much for coming on this is awesome congratulations and thank you for all the work you guys are doing it's incredible that's okay thank you so much This podcast is sponsored by Purina Animal Nutrition, with three research-backed ration balancers to fill nutritional gaps in your horse's diet. Enrich Plus delivers a concentrated source of protein, vitamins, and minerals without unnecessary calories. Enrich Plus Senior features active-age prebiotic technology and Outlast supplement for easy keeping. Omega Match is rich in omega-3 fatty acids and vitamin E, great for horses without access to green grass. Find a ration 
ration balancer for your horse at PurinaMills.com slash ration balancers. That's hard to say. PurinaMills.com slash ration balancers. Or visit your local feed store today. You use Purina for something, I think. I do. I, I bought the Purina Equitub. <clears throat> and it's like a vitamin and mineral licky tub, but it has a product in it called Clarifly horse supplement. It's a big, like 55 pound tub. They do them in bigger ones too, but I was like, I can't carry that in my pasture. And I put it out and thinking, well, I hope the horses lick it. Oh my God, they fight over it. So apparently <laughs> this tub it's like licorice is, for horses. <laughs> it's like, it's like candy in a bowl. Poor Miles wears his muzzle all the time. He comes up, there's just like black stuff all over his muzzle because he can't quite lick it like everybody else. But they all gather around it and lick it. And the Simplify is supposed to basically, um, if they get a flea bite, it like sterilizes the female flea or something like that. I'm, I'm, I, I've got all the information on the uh, from the employee uh, there. So it's like cutting edge technology. It's like rice bran and flaxseed and apparently it's got larvicide in it and which is not bad for the horse but the horse licks it and then it goes into the manure and then that's where the stable flies lay their eggs but they the eggs like can't if they're in that poop, they can't be actually hatched. So it's supposed so it's to keep the eliminating flies down. the next generation of yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Feed through fly control, Clara fly. Sorry, this appearing makes things so hard to say. I know <laughs> <laughs> they do. They have the hardest names. <laughs> they have the hardest names. Clara fly equitub. Um, so anyway, I have that. So I'll keep you guys posted. But oh, the horses love it, man. Poor Effie, my little black filly. She'll come up and she's got like goo, like smeared all over. Her face. <laughs> she just loves it. All right, let's find out if the horse world has any first world problems. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. Well, usually it is, and these are our listeners who have sad tales of woe that they have to share with us in the realm of equestrian first world problems because remember, if you have an equestrian problem, it's first world that's just the way that it is. Now, these are auditors. I'll post something on the Facebook page on Sunday and ask you to fill in the blanks. And they do. Glenn, if you want to participate in this, how do they become auditors? Just go to horsesinthemorning.com and click on the auditor banner. And for as little as $3 a month, you too can join the auditor club. You're basically just like sponsoring the show for the, uh, the goodness of your heart because you want to participate. And it's a really fun group. Um, let's see. This one here, we've got Catherine. She says, today was my last day of vacation, and I had an awesome dressage lesson. And all I want to do is practice, but I have to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> I feel, I've cut off somebody's name on one, and I don't want to do it without giving them their due uh, things here. So I'm going back in. April says, okay, April says, my last kid graduated high school. And now my horses are like super annoyed at all the time I'm spending with them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She said, she remember, April is the one who took my new old horse, had me buy him, uh, pressured me by sad pictures of the horse. (laughs) And then I buy the horse and I keep him for a couple of months and then he hates me. And so he went back to her and he's really happy, but she did say that she wrote him this weekend. He seemed completely offended that he has to actually (laughs) somewhat have a job. Like it's not even a real job. That's like she wrote him around bareback. Yeah. Okay. The next one comes from 
Kadia, she says, I'm trying just so hard to focus on work, but I have this distraction right in my face and all I want to do is scratch him and kiss him and scratch him and I'm not getting anything done. And then she has a picture of the cutest bowl. Oh, <laughs> it's like a bay with three white socks and a big wide blaze. And it's like running, leaping into the air. It's the cutest thing. Yeah, I get it. A distraction. Uh, Carrie says, my friend Monica said our trail ride today would be about six miles. Ten miles is not six miles. <laughs> She's like, I can barely walk. Oh, Carrie, yeah. Oh, that would suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, dead. Six miles sucks. I don't know about ten miles. Uh, Alyssa says my new mare is chestnut, so I had to sell my entire purple matchy matchy collection just when lilac was coming back in, and now I have to buy all. Saddle pads, blue bonnets, boots, and base layers in the blues. <laughs> you got the wrong color horse. That's your fault. <laughs> Chestnut and lilac is just, yeah. No, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. That's not good. I don't think that's good. Yeah. Blue is chestnut, usually, I think. Uh, Anna says, I took so. (laughs) Anna, if this is true, why are you here? I took social media off my phone, which has been great for my mental health and productivity. But now I don't stay up to date with all my auditor friends. <laughs> Maybe she's on her desktop. There are a lot of uh, auditors I've heard from that the only reason they have Facebook is that the only place they go is our room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get it. Get it. Unfollow everybody else. Paige says the stirrup and leather for my new side saddle finally arrived today. Yay! But it's going to be raining all day and night, so I have to wait until tomorrow <laughs> to try it out. We have a lot of tack <laughs> issues this time. That's <laughs> uh, Emily said I spent most of the weekend getting ready for an upcoming show, and my horse competes in all around and between halter and western and English. That's so much tack to clean and so many outfits to get ready. I thought about it with those shows one day. was like, you got to clean the English and the Western. It's like, that's a lot yeah. of tack. I mean, eventing is the same. Like, it's not the same because cleaning an English saddle seems way easier than cleaning yeah, a Western I agree. saddle. There's just more to it with the Western and saddle. And I have monoflaps, so I'm like, wipe, wipe. <laughs> Done. Oh, well, not tooling. You got to add tooling to the mix. <laughs> I know. Western people, you know what? That's why Western people don't clean their tack. Yeah. Like most Western people I know, they don't clean their tack. They're like, I'll keep it for like 10 years and then I'll just buy another one when it falls apart. <laughs> All right. Last one. Lilla says, oh, we have had such amazing, cool June weather here in California. But my cool fabric summer shirts are too cold. <laughs> I had that experience a couple times this month as well, but I get up really early. It's like five 30 and I go down to the barn and I'm like wearing a hoodie, like <laughs> so cold. But then in five minutes I'm shedding my layers and back to my sun shirts. But yes, it's so cold in your sun shirt. Anyway, thank you everybody for participating in the equestrian first world problems. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next week. Well, and then, uh, you know, I just looked at the calendar uh, during the show today and realized I'm going to be seeing you on Thursday. Oh my gosh, we That's are. That's this week. <laughs> it's oh my this god, week. I have to. Oh wow. 
I have to. That's really. I have to like wash clothes and uh, get my equipment ready. <laughs> it's I wear week. the same thing every time I go. So I pack jeans and no a shirt problem. and just change your you, shirt once a week. My my Monty shirt and my my smooth dried jeans and my my uh, oh, then you're good to go. babies. I'm good to go. I All wear right. the same thing every day. I'm like Monty when I go to Monty's. I dress the same thing every day, just like Monty does. It's part of the thing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you. Bye, Spade and your gals. This Thursday. Can't believe oh it's here. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I'm so excited. Ugh, so excited. You can still get tickets. HoneyRoberts.com. 